0: Welcome to season three. I'm Jill Devine, and I knew exactly who I wanted to join me for the launch of season three. Her name is Michelle Lynchard, and she actually was my final guest of season two. She's a life coach and she's all about bringing the calm to your life. And I know that we could use a little bit of that. Well, Actually, a lot of calm in our lives. So, take a listen. She gives a lot of great advice on how to get that calm into your life. And I really hope you enjoy Michelle as much as I do. Blondin Professional Real Estate is a family owned, boutique style brokerage with over 40 years' experience serving the counties that surround St. Louis. See how their approach to real estate will help you by visiting blondinrealestate.com. What happens when you put a career focused woman with two kids trying to balance home and work life in a room with a microphone? Lots of laughter, tears, and great advice. I'm Jill Devine and welcome to Two Kids and a Career. So my guest this week was my final guest on season two, and her name is Michelle Lynchard. She is a life coach here in St. Louis. And Michelle, I have to tell you, I have listened to that episode multiple times, and it's hilarious because it's a seasonal episode. It was something that we recorded right before Christmas of last year, and it was all about having a calm and a present Christmas. And so when I listen back, I'm like, oh... I know it's not the holidays, but man, this is some good stuff. (laughs) Right?
1: You can apply calm at any time of life. Now, a very good example.
0: Exactly, (laughs) which is why I had to have you back on. We had talked about you coming back on and some different circumstances prevented that from happening as soon as I wanted it to happen. But it is so great to have you on now because I do feel like like I said, when listening back, anytime I listen back to that episode, I do feel calm. I do feel like a a reset. So in this crazy situation that everyone is in right now, I thought, well, we should go to the expert. We should go to the person who can make me calm and That's a lot because I'm not a calm person. So I asked you if you would be willing and you said, yes, thank you.
1: Yes, I would absolutely love to. I love uh, helping people bring more calm into their life. It's my favorite thing to do. And I think right now... Every client I have, everybody in my Facebook group, even I had a Zoom happy hour with my college friends. Literally every parent I've talked to is just feeling stressed and overwhelmed right now because our lives look completely different than they looked just three weeks ago.
0: And it's hard because I talked to a friend the other day about this. For those individuals that are control freaks like myself, it's definitely something that I'm trying to process and trying to figure out. So obviously, I'm not alone in this. And you just said that you have many people that are saying the same thing. How? Do we approach this? How do we tackle this?
1: So, I think bringing more calm into your life is actually a fairly simple process, but it is one that requires conscious effort. So, it requires some mindset changes. First, though, I think we all need to, everyone who is in this situation, which is basically the whole world at this point, we need to just give ourselves credit for the fact that a month ago, None of this was happening, and that we're doing a pretty darn good job adjusting to this mm-hmm. new life, to having our whole family home all the time in a lot of cases, and just managing our kids' distance learning from afar and trying to still work at home. Think about how much that is. That everyone is really doing a much better job than they're probably giving themselves credit for. So that's the first thing I would say: pat yourself on the back before we start getting okay. too much calm. We're all doing a just did good. it. Yeah, we're doing a pretty good. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> and then
0: yourself included,
1: Michelle. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but the first step to bringing more calm into your life is just taking a pause and figuring out what it is that's making you feel overwhelmed. So if I were to ask you, Jill, because usually what people will tell me when they're feeling overwhelmed is they're not even sure exactly what it is. Your mind sort of starts to spin. And so it's really hard to even figure out what is making me feel so overwhelmed. So I don't know if that resonates with you, but if I were to ask you to just take a pause and really list out, tell me what is making you feel stressed, what would it be? You
0: know, this might sound silly, but maybe you have some insight on it, but I, I I'm stressed that I'm not and I'm feeling overwhelmed, that I'm not it it's not the actual virus that's making me stressed and overwhelmed. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I, I'm, so what, I'm, is, what is making you feel stressed and overwhelmed? Well, I am still unemployed. And my husband is currently furloughed as it is um, with everything that's going on. So I try to not focus too much on the unemployment. And I keep telling myself, everybody's in the same boat across the world because there are now unemployment benefits that have gone up and there's different things that can be you know, taken care of for right now. So I I try to think about that. But in the meantime, I'm recreating this podcast and I'm trying to make it a business and I'm trying to get it out there. And so I'm working a ton and I'm Not making any money. And I think a lot of people think sometimes work equals money. And why are you working so hard if you're not making money? And that's the conversation that my husband and I have all the time. Like, he's like, I just don't want you to miss out on something when you feel like you want to be a part of something. And I said, But you don't understand. You're on furlough, which means you're home and I'm still going. Like, I'm still trying to get all of this up and running in the middle of this crazy time. So I guess we could start there.
1: (laughs) That's a lot. Okay. That sounds like a great place to start. Okay. So you said a couple things in there that you're currently unemployed, you're working hard, but the money has not started coming yet, and your husband is furloughed. So what of that is out of your control? Because we want to think like when we're taking this pause, we want to think, what can I not control? One example of that would be you personally can't control the virus
0: or probably the unemployment Right. What else is out of your control? I can't control his furloughed job either.
1: Yeah. So those are three pretty big things. And sometimes just saying what you can't control, it feels a little yucky because it's a reminder that a lot of things are out of control, but it's like stating the truth can kind of set it free. Okay. So we know that we can't influence Okay. That. So we have to try to just make peace with that, that we cannot control, but what can you control? What's inside your control?
0: I can control the work that I do at home and when I do it.
1: Uh-huh. And can you
0: control what you work on? Can you follow your passions? Like I'm really
1: interested in doing this, so I'm gonna talk to this person or I want to do this. Is yes. it your choosing? Work of your choosing.
0: Yeah, for the most part. Yes. Okay. okay. And what else are you in control of? I I'm well, I was gonna say my decisions, which doesn't sound very like thought-provoking
1: <laughs> that, um, no, I think that's very thought-provoking because you're in charge of now, if you wake up in the morning and you feel overwhelmed because of everything that's going on, you're in charge of your own mind. I mean, you can do things to try to get your attitude and your, um, the way you're thinking about your work and your whole mindset. You're in charge yes, of that. Yeah. Yes. So I think saying you're in charge of your decisions is really okay. important. Okay. And if you are, I'm putting words in your mouth. You did not say this, but if you're waking up in the morning feeling overwhelmed with all of this, what are the, some of the things that you could choose to do that you can control? Like what makes you feel good? What would make you get into your best work zone?
0: As When I have a plan, when I make sure that I, Put together what has to be done today and what can wait. But when I have a plan and I actually get to figure that out and highlight the things off the mm-hmm. list, that's what brings me calm.
1: Okay, great. And so that is totally in your control too. So that's a good tip for you to use. And that wouldn't be the case for everyone. But this might resonate with other people listening that if you're if you get that feeling of overwhelm, and you go to the thought of what, what can I control? What do I have influence over? It's your own attitude, your own decisions, your own choices. So for you, that's getting out a piece of paper, or maybe getting out your computer and putting together a plan. And so when you're doing this mm. work that you're doing now, it does it make you feel good while you're doing it? Does it feel like you're doing the right thing? Yes. Okay, that's good. So that that is also something that you can control because you said you have some choice over the work that you're doing. So if you were working on something that just didn't feel good or useful or it's not – in the vein that you want to, to take your career from now on, you wouldn't have to do it. So you're in charge of who you're talking to and the things that you're working on and the plan that you're
0: making. Yes. Like this makes me happy. Okay,
1: good. And it may be helpful to you. Do you have that plan right now? Have you created one?
0: A little bit. Um, A little bit. Just, you know, getting people like you Mm -hmm. to come and talk to me and getting, getting these episodes out and just trying to make sure that individuals know that there's help and there's people behind them. Yes. That, that there is a little bit of a plan there.
1: Okay. Okay. That's great. And I would advocate, especially during times like this, where we're not sure, you know, you said the, the control freak in you and me and probably most of the people listening, would love to know what the end date of this is going to be, you know, so if we knew we were yes. going to be at our homes and working from home until May 15th and then everything else was going to be fine, we could make a real plan. But considering we don't know the end date, it's hard to make a long term plan. And so what we want to do every day is just think what's the next right step for today? So if you know that you want to have this podcast and you want to make a plan for it, you probably can't make a plan for the next six months. Maybe you can because you're interviewing people at home. But just in the morning, what's the next right step I want to make for today? Do you want to research some new people to be on the show? Do you want to reach out to some people? You know, what do you need to do just for that
0: day? Oh, okay, I like that. Yes.
1: And then. Once you've got that and you've got your plan and you start executing on that, I find it really helpful. And this is similar to what we talked about in having a calm holidays to get a post-it note and write down Mm -hmm. something that reminds you of the direction that you're going and keep that nearby. And so the one that I've got hanging on my wall right now says, I know how to do this. And what I mean by, by this in this particular case, I don't know. I've never been at home with my two kids while they're going to school. And actually right now, I'm my sister and I are quarantined together. So I have my sister and her kids and we're to work together trying to make this blended family and take care of each other. I don't know how to do that because I've never done it before. But when I have this on the wall that says, I know how to do this, I know how to figure out the next right step. I don't know the full solution, but I am a good problem solver. I know how to think through it and take the next step. So something something like that, that inspires you to just keep moving and reminds you what you're doing. So I don't know if anything comes to mind for you, Jill, for that.
0: Well, what I was going to say to you because of our last talk. And then another woman that I know who was on the podcast in season two as well, she said she always picks a word for each year and she puts it in on a post-it note and it just made me think of you. And so she challenged me. She's like, what's your, what's your word going to be for this year? Like of all people right now at the time that she told me this, she's like, you need it. And I chose clarity. And so one of the things that, I have a a post-it note in my bathroom um, where my vanity is. So every time I open it up to brush my teeth or put my lotion on or do whatever, remove my makeup, I open that up and I see clarity. And then I also have it in my closet and it's where my jewelry is so that I can remind myself what is it? What is that clarity that you are looking for?
1: Yeah, yep. and if you're thinking every day, I'm taking a step towards that clarity and mm-hmm. and that's what it feels like you're doing when you're making your plans and you're thinking about what really matters to you and what kind of business you want to create and who you want to have on your podcast. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what you're doing. You're just getting more and more clarity, so that's perfect.
0: That's great. well. You can check that stuff off. You already have it. Good job. Well, I got some good practice from you before, but okay. So, then, so where does it come into play? And maybe you're going to touch on this, but with the family, since we are all home together, like, is this one of those where, you know, I had the conversation with my husband that said, Hey, I am used to constantly going and constantly doing stuff. So for me to go from 100 to zero doesn't work for my mind and for my overall feeling. And so what we have said so far as of right now, and we're getting better about it. He's like, okay, maybe you need to pick two days of the week where it's like a true eight-hour day. And then the other days, you know, if you have to do some work here and there, go ahead, but then we concentrate on being a family and then also giving him a break as well. I mean, is that a good step or am I creating <laughs> more work for myself? No,
1: I think that's a perfect step. And I think that's a great example of when we first started with this, you know, three or four weeks ago that none of us really knew what we were doing. And like I said, my sister and I, I came to visit my sister in Charleston for a three day, four day weekend. And I'm still here. A month oh, later. you're in Charleston? <laughs> yes, 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 I'm in Charleston. At the Yeah. um, So we weren't planning that at all. In fact, I was just laughing this morning as I was getting dressed and ready because I have like four or five outfits that I brought with me to be here for a month. So we definitely weren't planning this. And then when we decided to stay and homeschool and work together and me working and my sister mostly taking care of the kids and came up with this plan, we put together a very rigorous schedule because we're both kind of into schedules and things. Yep. And it was too much. So what we ended up coming up with was just something that worked for us. And it sounds like that's what you're kind of getting to, too. In your household is just, you know, in the morning we have our exercise time. Then the kids all start school. And my sister and I both help them for a couple hours. And then I come to work and she takes over and does lunch in the afternoon schooling. And then I do dinner and she does the dishes or vice versa. So we just kind of have it worked out where we tag team and then spend time, all of us together spend time, um, having dinner, but we kind of had to work and see what worked for us and what didn't, and just stay in really good communication about what was working and what wasn't. So I think you're smart to do that. I okay. think that's a good way to set yourself up for success because otherwise, could you imagine trying to just like sneak off and try to work no. for an hour you know your girls would be in there 25 times being like, what
0: are uh, you doing,
1: mom? Uh-huh.
0: Yep. It, yeah, it still happens.
1: Yep. Yep, for sure. Uh, And then I think the other part that we really need is to not forget about ourselves. You know, what is it that you like to do outside of work, outside of family stuff to recharge yourself?
0: And you know, that's a really a really good question and a good topic because one thing that I started a couple weeks ago uh, she was also a guest on this podcast in season 1 her name is joy and she is known as go fit mom and she is doing a cleanse it's a 30 day cleanse and she, i was like i can't do this i'm not do- this is the worst timing like we are stuck at home and then we talked and she said you know that kind of mindset will set you up for failure and we really kind of started talking about why it's a good reason to do it. And it does make sense. Like, this is the time when there's not a lot of temptation and to get that break that you need as well. So, I started and am doing so great on it and feel really good. And I have not done like a rigorous exercise routine in forever and just started that up. And I mean, it's slow. It's lots of breaks, Michelle, but I'm getting there. But uh, um, it feels good. And that was one thing yesterday that I said to my husband or a couple days ago. We were planning the next day. And I said, and I want to get a workout in. And he goes, oh, on top of everything else that you want to do. And I said, there's no reason it can't happen. And if I have to stay up all night to make it happen, I will because I need that. And now I will say the workout did take place where the youngest, she's only one, she kept getting in my face. So it wasn't truly my time, (laughs) but I, I still felt good and accomplished that I did that. So now I'm kind of shifting my, the exercise is now something that I want to get more of.
1: Yes, that is a perfect example. And that's really, I think the test for good self-care is when it gives you extra energy. Yes. It really revitalizes you. And I think being flexible about your one-year-old, like, you know, sitting on you when you're trying to do or something. Know. I was
0: it's like, you're making of... it harder. Get off.
1: <laughs> it's sort of a sign of the times at the moment. Um, the other day, my sister said, I'm going in the bathroom to do yoga. I was like, oh my, go we ahead. You low, I think, you know, but sometimes we've got to do what we've got to do. So right. I think that's perfect. And I think making that boundary around your self-care, like saying, I'll stay up all night if that's what I have to do, but I really need to get this exercise in is a really great way to keep yourself feeling
0: strong and energetic and calm. Okay, so I know that this has been all about me (laughs) and and someone listening going, okay, so I believe that there is someone listening who has major anxiety about the virus itself. And I definitely am not discounting the virus. That is not what I meant at the beginning when we started talking. I just... That hasn't been my focus because I am not a healthcare worker. I don't have a spouse or a loved one that's a healthcare worker or anyone that is still out there doing the job. But I know there are a lot of people that are. So how how do you help those individuals and making their thoughts go to a better place?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And it's actually the same exact process that we just talked through. So just to recap on the process itself to try to make your life more calm. First, you pause, you make a list of everything that's making you feel overwhelmed. You take that list, split it into what's out of my control and what's in my control. And then you make the changes that you can. So you take those small steps to try to make yourself feel better. And then you make sure you're adding in self-care. So it's sort of a pause, an edit, and then an add. So let's take the example of someone feeling really anxious about the virus. So I was just talking to someone earlier this week who's feeling very anxious about it in general and mostly anxious about the fact that people were not staying home. That was great. Okay. Really, you know, she felt like that was majorly stressing her out that people were not getting it and that people were going to die because of other people's bad decisions to go out. And so when we did this and we paused and figured out that that's what was making her feel really stressed, and we made the list of what she could control and what she couldn't control, she couldn't control what her friends were doing, although she was welcome to give them her opinion. They weren't listening. She couldn't control the virus. She couldn't control the rules that the government is putting in place or not putting in place. This was when it was more lax. Now I feel like it's more straightforward about what we're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. But what she could control was her own behavior and then what she shared. So she has been watching a ton on the news and gathering information from all these various places. And so she started making posts on Facebook that she felt like were informational to help people understand. Here's what you can do to not get this. Here's oh. how it's being passed along because she felt like she just needed to do something. So she started sharing the information because that made her feel better, like she was actually taking her part. And then okay. when we talked about her self-care and what was draining her energy versus what was giving her more energy, even though she was watching the news all the time, what we discovered is it wasn't making her feel better. It was making right. her- well, more anxious. So we set up a rule that after 5pm, she wasn't going to watch the news anymore. And she was just going to watch kind of thoughtless shows on Netflix. I think she watched um, what's the one? love is blind. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, I refer to that as trash TV. And I yeah, love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and I know I say trash TV, but kind of like with a heart like, yes, that's what we all need. right? Yep. Now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she she added in self care of not watching the news 24/7. And so I think anytime that we are able to put things in the side of what I can't control and just know what we can't control consciously and then choose what we can and take a few steps towards that, it makes us feel better. Like we're controlling something.
0: <sighs> okay. Any other practices that you would invite the listener to take to help during all of this? Because you know what? Once, like you were talking about earlier, okay, how are things, you know, everything's going to be better in six months or whatever, whenever the date is, we have a lot of repercussions that are happening. So this isn't just going to be an end date, like you said, and what's going to happen. So there's, I know it goes back to control. What can you control? But for any other activity you can think of for someone...
1: Yeah, I would always recommend meditation just to calm your mind. And I think, um, sitting down and just trying to empty your mind is really difficult for most people. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the very advanced meditator who can do that. I would recommend getting an app. There's tons of free ones, but I really like the breathe app and actually my kids use that one too. And that's just really nice way to guide your mind into thinking about something else. And it tells you exactly what to think and it can bring a lot of peace to your mind. And I think the main The main thing to come out of meditation is the reminder that we are not in control, but we are okay, that we can go with the flow, roll with the punches, do what we can. We're not going to be able to take control of this whole situation, but the way that we ebb and flow with what's going on is going to keep us calm and sane throughout this time.
0: So as we wrap up, I know that you're going to be back on this podcast as long as you continue to say yes, (laughs) because I know one thing that we talked about last season that I still want you to come on and talk about more of the brain and the science behind it and these crazy things that are happening that we don't even realize and i know just from my short time with you these last two times that we've talked i have done a whole lot of shifting and i have a long way to go but it is so nice to have someone like you who can help explain some of it and explain it in terms that we understand so that is definitely something that we need to put on the books um once things do get you know a little bit less hectic and you're back in St. Louis. But in the meantime, for individuals that need you right now, what can they do?
1: I would recommend that they go to my website, which is michellelinter.com. So it's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E and then L-Y-N-C-H-A-R-D.com. And on the homepage on the second, the bottom half of the homepage, there's a link to my Facebook group, which is called Calm Moms Collective, and I'm in there every day, posting um, videos, tips. Other people are posting, and we're just having this ongoing conversation that is supportive and encouraging and positive. And this was happening long before the coronavirus. This has always been my passion is to help mom, busy moms have a calmer life. And so we're continuing that conversation. I feel like it's become even more, it's got more people and more conversations going on with the state of the world right now. So I would love to have anyone come and join us there.
0: And if you were not able to write that down, just make sure you also head to the show notes at jilldevine.com. I will have all that information in there as well for Michelle. Final thoughts that you would like to share?
1: I would just like to say that if anybody is feeling really stressed and anxious right now, I would love to do a free hour of coaching with anyone who reaches out to me. So if they go to my website and join my Facebook group, they can send me a message on Instagram. I actually just did one right before this podcast and someone was feeling super anxious and we talked for an hour and by the end, she was feeling significantly better. So I would love to answer that.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. That is so awesome for you to do that. I will make sure that that is all linked in the show notes. So if you're feeling anxious, just reach out to Michelle. I'm telling you, Mm -hmm. if people listening right now aren't feeling calm, then there's something going on. But you spend an hour with Michelle and you will definitely feel (laughs) so calm. And I'm just so thankful that we have connected and i'm thankful that you're here to help others so i just want you to be safe i hope you get to come home sooner than later and again everything that michelle can do for you will be listed in the show notes at jilldevine.com thank you so much michelle
1: thank you so much for having me i look forward to coming back
0: I want to remind you, if you are looking to buy or sell a home, please go with Blondin Real Estate. They have added extra steps throughout the whole process to ensure safety for you and for them. They have made sure to adapt in these unprecedented times, and they want to help you buy or sell your home, and that includes virtual real estate. This isn't new to Blondin Real Estate, as they've been practicing virtual real estate for a number of years. See how at blondinrealestate.com. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and if you're feeling really generous, write me a review and don't forget to join me next week for a new episode of Two Kids and a Career.